I am Jen Cole at Jen Cole ICT, co-founder of Depict Media and community manager for Social Media Examiner. And this is Making a Marketer. And I'm Elizabeth Glau, Product Marketing Manager at Scienceo, maker of event bots, AI chatbots. My handle on most social media is at Elizabeth Glau, and this is Making a Marketer. Hello, hello. I am Megan Powers, founder of Powers of Marketing, and this is episode 15 of Making a Marketer. Okay, so I'm super pumped about our show today. We have two amazing guests. We're talking Pinterest, which uh, as relevant as it's been, if not more so, and I really am excited to hear from two experts today all about that because like my co-host and I, we've sort of lost sight of Pinterest, but want to, to bring it back into our lives. So it makes perfect sense that we have a show dedicated to Pinterest as we wind down our, we've decided that uh, season one will end in June. So after 17 episodes, we'll end season one, and then we'll pick it back up again in August uh, with season two and hoping that our first episode, which will actually probably be a two-parter, will be reunion show. So like, I want to have everybody, as many people as can come on as possible and like just do round robin, like three guests at a time. And just, we, we've done that on another podcast as a, like a Christmas show. And it, it's just a ton of fun. And so I think it'll be, it'll be really neat to, if we can get as many people as possible onto that show to kick off season two in August after we have a little summer break. Okay. So before I get to who the guests are, and telling you all about their awesomeness, uh, I do want to mention our sponsor for the show. This episode is brought to you by my business, Powers of Marketing, a strategic marketing consultancy with the goal of helping our clients communicate more effectively with their customers and their prospects, which of course leads to better brand awareness and more sales in the end. Uh, and we're in the process of adding more clients to our roster. So reach on out if you need any help for your business. Okay, so the guests are, well, first of all, the manly Pinterest man himself, Jeff C. He is in Texas. Longview, right? Yep. All right. Longview, Texas. Excellent. Jeff's a visual marketing consultant specializing in Pinterest, Instagram, and video. He's the owner and creative director at His Design Inc., where he's worked to help clients market themselves in the best way possible using a variety of mediums for over 14 years. He is also head beard at Manly Pinterest Tips. Uh, if you see his picture, you'll get that. If you haven't seen him before, I'm sure there's probably nobody listening to this who doesn't know Jeff and his beard, <laughs> where he's the creator and host of the Manly Pinterest Tips show with top tips, comedies storytelling and just plain fun. Jeff teaches Pinterest techniques like no other. I can attest to his teaching skills, that's for sure. He's also on the social team at Social Media Examiner and manages their Pinterest and Instagram as well as he appears and produces most of their live video with other people from the team. See him on that all the time. So you can visit manlypinteresttips.com to see how Jeff explores visual marketing with character as big as his beard. Love that. All right, right on. So our next guest is Carrie Chase and she is in Portland, Oregon. Not near, but nearer than any of us. 
are to Elizabeth when we're co-hosts. Uh, she is a Pinterest marketing and Squarespace design. Those are her jam. She started in social media marketing in 2011 by managing 13 million fans across 17 social media accounts for a worldwide ban. Well, I want to hear more about that. Since then, she's gone on to create hashtag campaigns for cities and their tourism boards, websites for entertainers and small businesses, online courses to help online entrepreneurs like you figure out this whole digital marketing puzzle for your business. When she's not geeking out on Pinterest and Squarespace, she's listening to music, reading in fuzzy slippers, or entertaining her kiddo at dance parties and doing funny faces on Snapchat. Welcome, Kara and Jeff. Thank you. Okay, so I like to say too how I know people just as a frame of, of reference. Well, Jeff is known just in social media worlds, but I, I took his class. That's the first time I ever am encountered Jeff. I took a class at Social Media Marketing World a few years ago on Pinterest. And this year I attended his class, which was like all about the bazillion different tools you can use to create stellar images for all your, your socials. So I quite enjoyed that as I always do. And then Kara was on a content chat Tweet chat, I, I, often I stumble on Twitter chats. Like someone I'm following is on it and I go, oh, what's this? And then I kind of get engaged and I'm late to the party and stuff. And anyway, <laughs> that's how I found Kara recently. And it is really what brought to mind. Pinterest is something that I think we should talk about and should definitely be part of this first season. So let's start out. I'm going to start with Jeff. Um, so as it should be, your Pinterest is amazing, like ridiculously cool. All of your cover images are just Really, really, really nice. Cares are great too, but I was like super struck by by Jess last night when I was preparing for for this show. So, looking at your social media tips page in particular, how do you keep the content on there fresh, especially with how quickly things are changing? Well, yeah. First of all, yeah, well, you know, you're kind of doing a broad overview of Pinterest. Well, Pinterest yeah. is kind of the the largest driver of social traffic there is. I mean, you know, Facebook is great, but and Twitter, but the shelf life of that really drops off of. Uh, really quickly. So I'm still getting traffic from, and I'm sure Kara's going to talk about this too, is the traffic is huge on Pinterest. I mean, I'm still getting traffic from the pins when I first started. Uh, They're still going strong. And like for Social Media Examiner, which is the account I run for them, the Pinterest account, it's funny, it's the number two driver of the social traffic uh, right behind Facebook because we have like a half a million Facebook page. But Pinterest, instead of Twitter or LinkedIn or anything like that, is number two uh, traffic driver. So for people who are listening, you know, don't discount Pinterest for, for, you know, I don't know how to do it or it's too hard. I mean, it just drives so much traffic and that's really why I got into it. But with that being said, the, the way I stay current on that is I use, uh, I usually go into Pinterest uh, every day and as much as everybody would love to stay on Pinterest, you can't be in it all the time. And so I use a tool called Tailwind, which lets me schedule pins. And so I have curated throughout just the amount of time I've been on Pinterest, people who I know and trust, who I can actually go and uh, I know they pin good stuff. I know that their their stuff isn't like going to spammy links or anything like that. And so like Pete Fitzpatrick, Elisa Meredith, uh, some other people that I that, that were at talk uh, speakers at Social Media Marketing World, I know and trust and then I pin their stuff. And so I'm constantly going in there and finding new content and trying to put that up. So to answer your question on, on frequency, I guess. Fabulous. 
What about you, Kara? How do you keep it fresh? Very similar to Jeff. I also use Tailwind. I cannot do what I do for myself or my clients without Tailwind. Very similar. Again, I have kind of my trusted list of people that have great content, which is even easier now with the new follower tab. But I have found Tailwind Tribes, which is part of Tailwind, to be another super easy way to, to batch my content and have a trusted group of people that I know they're they're pinning really good stuff. Oh, right on. So that replaced groups or are groups still around? They're still around, but I think that the power pinners are really diving into tribes because it's like a super exclusive, there's rules, you know, I mean, before there had rules, there's rules for, you know, groups, but people kind of ignored them, but these are really tight and you know, these people are good. And it's a tool that actually, you know, you can see how many people are pinning your content, what content is fresh, what is new. And it's, it's a genius move by Tailwind. It's almost like their version of Pinterest groups. And it really is a game changer, especially like Kara was saying, with, you know, the people you trust starting your own group. And then people want to be in these really exclusive groups of like a blogger or, you know, you know, if it's, um, you know, some other topic that as a niche topic and they find that tailwind tribe, I mean, it's really, really powerful. The other thing that I've noticed with group boards is I'm sure many people have had this experience where maybe you come across a pin that's like, here's the 10 best group boards if you're an entrepreneur. And because the content on Pinterest is evergreen, by the time you get to that blog, all those boards are shut down and not taking new contributors or there's no good process in it. Talk about a time suck, trying to figure out the good group boards, which ones are still active and how to ask permission to be a collaborator. With Tailwind, there doesn't seem to be any of that mess and it's just easier and it functions so much better. Better. That's fantastic. This show should be sponsored by Tailwind. Right, <laughs> well, well, we should we should point out that the, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. It looks like their URL is tailwindapp.com. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. just so if people are searching for it, it's tailwindapp.com. And yes, we should get them as a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> They're great. We'll give them, we'll give them some love when we put this out. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. But they also they also have great metrics too. Like Pinterest has great me- metrics that uh, just to be, uh, I know Karen and I both, we're, there's two different types of Pinterest. There's just like the normal Pinterest that everybody can be in. And then there's this business Pinterest, which is, it doesn't, you don't have to apply. You just click a button and it switches over. But that's how you get Pinterest analytics. And that's also how you can get promoted pins. They're like Facebook ads for Pinterest. It's their promoted product. But if you're doing any sort of blogging or anything for business, you need to have a business account on Pinterest and they give you those analytics. But Tailwind takes it a step further and lets you have access to analytics because they're a trusted partner. And so you get some uh, some better insights to like, I can go in and see what board is performing really well. And that way I know, okay, so my woodworking board is doing really well. I probably need to put more content over on that way or my you know my blogging board is doing well this month maybe i ought to put some more content in there because people seem to be really using it and you can find that kind of drill down inside of tailwinds analytic to bring that back to group boards that's probably my favorite feature jeff is the board insights because it tells me which group boards are just not performing well and you can see how many times one of your pins on that group board has been repinned and i actually went through yesterday and just left five or six group boards that were underperforming for me. So yeah, the the insights that they provide are really great. Nice. Well, and I, I think you kind of already answered this, but if in case it hasn't been said yet, my, my next question was just kind of, you know, what do you think is the number one benefit of using Pinterest? Let's put it aside the traffic driver, right? Besides traffic, driving traffic to your main 
business. I would say if you have a, uh, the second biggest thing, if you have any sort of product, Pinterest is huge. Right. I mean, for a long time, Etsy people and Pinterest worked really well together. Spotify, I have my own little Spotify store just to test Pinterest stuff on. It integrates so well. It's just, it's not, I used to do e-commerce way back in the day and the stuff you can do now with Spotify is just amazing and Pinterest, how they tie in together. So I would say product. I don't know, but what do you think, Kara? I would agree with that, especially if you're doing promoted pins. I have a, a Shopify client that does wedding favors. I mean, talk about a perfect match. Right, right. And, yeah. and she's seeing, we're doing a retargeting campaign for her and she's seeing a 1200% ROI cash money. And that is... That is one of the coolest things about being able, when you sell a product, to be able to correlate actual money with what you're investing in ads instead of the value of an email address or something right. like that. And, so, And people need to realize that Pinterest, they're going to Pinterest to plan and dream and then to shop. I mean, if they pin it to a board, like they're dreaming of a wedding or they're dreaming about like for like my niche would be like building a fire pit outside and they don't maybe have the money right now, but they can go back and then buy those supplies later or buy that dress later. And so people don't have any problem with buying stuff from Pinterest. Also people are going to, there even there's studies that people are opening up Pinterest and actually inside of stores, going and seeing what to buy. And I mean, Target did a great job of, of, they even have end caps with like Pinterest logo on it, where you can go and see what's popular on Pinterest. I mean, so brick and mortar, if you're in that area too, you need to think about Pinterest in that way as well. Absolutely. I think for me, for my business, the biggest benefit outside of traffic is kind of that next step of traffic, which is building my email list. Mm -hmm. And as we all know, digital marketing and social media, the goal is to start building that relationship with your audience. And there has been no bigger return on investment for my email list than Pinterest. Yeah. And I saw somebody, I went to your account and looked and you have all those great opt-in pins that are great. Uh, you know, those work really well. I mean, I have a, like a manly Pinterest tips tackle box that still gets tons of opt-ins every day from that. So that's another thing, you know, if you're thinking about, you know, trying to build and have an opt-in or even, you know, you don't even have a really good website, but you have like lead pages or something where you can have an opt-in, Pinterest can still drive traffic to that and actually start collecting stuff. Like when you're first getting started, it's a great option. So it's funny, I, I just had a little flashback to like early days of Pinterest when I would find a dress I wanted and then I'd go back to buy it and it would be sold out because I think retailers weren't prepared for what Pinterest was going to do for them. I have that same problems with the dress I buy now. <laughs> That's awesome. yeah. okay. but the, the, the cool thing about the pin the the shop the bible pins not bible buyable pins yeah. <laughs> is that you know pinterest doesn't take a cut it goes straight and, and the shopping cart works for like if i place something in on the desktop or on my on my mobile and i don't feel comfortable you know checking out on my mobile device i can do it on my desktop the, the shopping carts work together which is really cool. And Pinterest doesn't take a cut. So that's another thing. They're getting all their money from the money they make on promoted pins. So it's really cool for people who have products. Yeah, for sure. All right. Someone said recently that Pinterest is not social media. So we'll start with Kara. How would you, how would you describe it? Cause I think everyone does lump it, right? Like they're like, Oh yeah, I've got my Instagram and my Pinterest and my this and my that. The easiest way to say it is it's a visual search engine. And I know a lot of the industry experts, I think Elisa is the one who said it's the introverts platform. Yeah. So, right. Which is so true. Cause I can just go on there and do my thing, do it for my clients. And there's not this whole, I have to reshare and comment and, you know, it's just, it doesn't have any of those elements in it. I think we might see that change a little bit in the future because of the followers tab and kind of 
the changes we're seeing with that, but it's very much a visual search engine. It's like Jeff said, people are aspiring, they're dreaming, they're, how do I do better? How do I be better? How do I learn how to do something? They're not looking to connect, they're looking to learn and they're looking for information. It's funny because like on Pinterest founder said, it's not social media. I mean, they'll come out and say it's not social media, but then they add like little social things. Like they'll have this tried it thing, like for recipes. So they're like, they're pushing you to like take pictures of the stuff that you've tried. And like, well, that's kind of social, but so they kind of dip their toes into, you know, a little bit, but it's not a social platform. It's really easy for guys. I don't know why there was a big hangup for guys being on it. Cause it's like the stupid, simpler visual anyway. And so I don't know why it was such a big hangup of it for such a long time, but it's, it has a, think of it more like Google. Like when you're writing descriptions for your boards, when you're writing descriptions for your pins, you want to think about, you know, how, how that's going to, you know, keywords, you don't want to keyword stuff. It's the same kind of rules that you would do if you're writing, you know, a blog post and writing that little, you know, description or meta tag or whatever. You want to think of it as a visual network. In fact, Google really does like Pinterest a lot. I have a couple group boards, like I have one with Peg Fitzpatrick called Instant Instagram Tips that ranks like first page of Google. And so your boards can actually rank. So you got to keep that in mind as well. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I guess it makes total sense. I hadn't really thought about it that way. My my niece had a big gender reveal thing and it was so cute. It was baseball theme. And so the, and the caterer had like the envelope that had the thing in it so he gave they had and they had like balls one had pink powder in it one had blue powder in it and then they gave him whichever one it was and then she pitched it to her husband and he hit it and pink stuff but it was just so cute it was like snack shack and the whole and i go and i kept saying i'm like i value pinterest right right (laughs) (laughs) all the ideas obviously it's super fun but uh it's just like something that all sorts of stuff like that. That's that's also grown out of so people who are sharing content, not necessarily just products, right? A lot of finding people with blogs of interest and that that kind of thing. So, what would you say in terms of keeping your page up to date or whatever? Like, do are you removing pins? Because I know a lot of times, like links are busted. Like, I'll go back and that thing that I had pinned isn't there anymore. So, are you right. like cleaning up your? There is there uh, and. Yeah. That care probably knows this too. There's a big debate on debating deleting pins or not. I mean, there was this whole thing in the Pinterest community. And then I always went no, because it's always because there's nothing wrong with having one piece of content. Let's say you have a blog article and you have multiple pins pointing back to that. In fact, that's a great thing to do. You're not stuck with just one pin. Think of it as like a spider web leading back to your content. And so I don't want to delete any pins, especially to my own content. I'll leave them up there till the cows come home. But you know, there was this debate, well, if they're not your pins, you should delete them. Well, uh, Lisa Meredith, who we talked about before, who works for Tailwind, had uh, a Pinterest, the lady from Pinterest on, and she said not to delete pins. And so I just do what Pinterest says. So I'm saying not to de- delete pins. Um, they may change that in the future, but for now, they're saying not to. And so it's not worth the time for me to go back and delete all those because I have got a gazillion pins on my board. So I don't mess with that. I, I totally agree. And one of the things that they talked about in that training that they did that you referenced, Jeff, was that you never know when a pin is going to take off. And so, I mean, my viral pin that I have is from a blog from 2015 and it still gets traffic. I still get email opt-ins every day from it, but it's my old branding. And sometimes I look at it and I'm like, oh, what was I thinking? You know, whatever. But you just never know when a pin is going to take off. You never know what graphic design, like how the image looks is going to resonate with Pinterest users. I actually create for every piece of content I put out, I create a minimum of three pins 
that go back to that piece of content because you just never know what people are going to hit on and want to repin. But that evergreen element is really what this whole debate, I think, centers around. So unless it's something like then, you know, the spam issue and it's been scraped and it's, right. it's redirecting to some clickbait site or whatever, uh, there's really no reason to spend your time deleting. Yeah, I agree. So you guys have both, you know, kind of covered this a little bit. Uh, we got into this a little bit in the last uh, question, but I, I I, have not been on Pinterest in a while, but somehow I ended up using it to plan a camping trip. <laughs> I think that was like randomly, I must have been directed, you know, from Google, right? I must have been like searching for something. And then it was like directed me to Pinterest. And then of course, once you're there, you're like, oh, look at all these other camping things I could get. So, so talk a little bit more about how you do optimize your posts for search. Like how are, how are you getting that traffic, you know, say from Google or, or other sources? Jeff, you can start. Well, one of the things uh, Kara mentioned is like something is I, I for the longest time would go and say, because Pinterest said not to use hashtags, don't use hashtags. And so I would just beat that when people would ask that all the time. I'd say, no, because Pinterest said not to. Well, they changed it. And now you're supposed to use hashtags. So for optimizing on search, and we do this now for Social Media Examiner, I do it for my own pins, is I put usually, and I don't can't remember what the limit is, but I usually only put three. But they're saying that hashtags do make a difference now. So one of the newest things I would say is make sure you're hashtagging and making sure you're using good hashtags on Pinterest because it does make a difference. I would just think, once again, is like not to keyword stuff, but make your boards specific. It, your boards are not going to rank on Google if you if you're title them like stuff I like. That tells nothing to nobody. It doesn't matter. So you want to have something like, you know, uh, wood carving tips by Jeff C or something like that. I mean, something that really is specific to your niche that's still kind of, I like to use uh, branding if I'm doing it for a company. I still like to have their name in there just because if somebody Googles that name, you know, that board may pop up there. So that's kind of the advice I make. So don't just title it for you and your mother. Think about what people would be searching for when you're doing your board titles. I think that's the biggest difference. Sorry, just to interject from, from when it started to now is like, for me, at least mentally, that it it was originally just for like, oh, I'm going to curate all these things that I like. Yeah. 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 But then, but using it for business is just totally next level. I can totally tell when I go in to do like a client account cleanup and I can tell they haven't touched their Pinterest since like 2015 because their boards are still titled all the cutesy stuff, right? right? So yeah, keywords are really important. And I would say as far as content, the pin description itself, is probably single-handedly the most important in getting that pin surfaced and distributed and and all of those things. And one of the the things that Pinterest came out and said, which is a way I think they're trying to combat the spam, is that they actually check to see if what's in the pin description matches the landing page that it's going to. So the blog title or whatever it is. So keeping those little tidbits in mind as you're not only creating your blog as this, you know, keyworded appropriately and has good SEO, but matching that with Pinterest and making sure it all works together. And I also like, just like it's best practice for your, your blog images. I don't just use it like image number 542. It's going to say blogging tips, you know, the top five blogging tips on the image. And then I pin that one to Pinterest. And so I think that just helps a little bit. I think it's just doing best practices. Um, so you just kind of want to just, just don't stuff and try to be all spammy and, you know, doesn't make sense. Just use natural language. And um, like Kara said, is have those things match and don't try to, to spam things. I mean, no, especially when you start doing promoted pins, you've got to be careful of your language because they don't like certain like 
free or, you know, some of these other kind of spammy keywords, they'll reject your pins and they'll tell you why. But uh, so you, you want to think ahead a little bit, maybe on those, if you think maybe later you're going to promote those pins. Absolutely. The other thing that I've run into is this concept of Pinterest is evergreen and they won't actually let you promote a pin that has any sort of date in it usually. So if you're somebody that's doing a launch or a webinar or whatever it is, and you think you're going to throw a pin up and then put some ad dollars behind it, it's, they're going to reject it. It's not going to work because they want to make sure the content that's out there that is being distributed more is timely and relevant and evergreen. So interesting. I didn't know that. So speaking of images, Jeff, I noticed also, you know, your other platforms like like Twitter are very visual as well. And now I, it sounds like you have a whole class on this topic. <laughs> But I wonder if you can give us, you know, some highlights or, you know, obviously you're not taking advantage of just standard imaging, like importing tools, right? When you're right. linking the stuff. So is, is there another tip, like another tool you can share with us that you use to make sure all your graphics look good on every platform? Yeah. And, and kind of back to the other question before is think about, you're, you're not just pinning your content all the time. Like all my, if you look at my boards, it's, it's hardly any of my stuff really if you look at it, it's mostly other people's content. And one of the things is I'm always trying to share content that would help my audience. Like no matter how pretty a graphic is, if it's like flip phone from the 1980s, you know, statistics, I'm not, no, who cares? It doesn't matter, even if it's pretty. So I always want to make sure I'm pinning stuff that is relevant to my audience. And I think that's what helps boost your account. To your point about visuals, just some general stuff, and this can go across any platform, is try to think of things that will stand out in the feed. So even if you're using, I don't think I'm a great photographer at all. I think I'm a good stock photographer. I'm really good at that. But it's how you pick those photos is never get, you know, I, I pay for the biggest image that I can because that gives me options to crop and rotate and make it look different and put my text on different than everybody else. Cause everybody's going to go hit those free uh, stock photography sites. And you can, you can look through the Pinterest feed and you can go, Oh, that was made in Canva. That was made in Canva that, you know, cause they all look the same. They're just using the standard template. So try to mix yeah. those things up. So take in Canva, you can actually open up two different windows and have two different kind of like designs and drag them and drop them and mix them up. And don't just use the standard one they give you because that's what everybody else is doing. So try to make your stuff stand out in the feed as much as possible, no matter what network you're on. Yeah, I would say that another important element is making sure everything you put out there is obviously you for branding, your fonts, your colors, your watermark. I think one of the best compliments I ever got was somebody telling me, I knew something was yours before I even read it because it was just your design, whatever it is. I do love having a secret board that is like my inspiration swipe file board. So when I come across a pin that I'm like, ooh, that's really cool, I'll pin it to that secret board. So when I'm looking at creating a new graphic, I have lots of different inspiration I can draw on that I then make mine by my unique branding. Right. And, my, and you can even do the same thing with style. Because if you look at my personal stuff, there's not really, other than my Manly Pinterest logo that's like at the bottom, everything is mine is retro. Like it looks kind of fills in that retro theme or it feels that way. And it's across my Instagram, it's across everything. And so I'm not really locked into certain fonts, but I am locked into a certain look. So yes. you can do the same way, you know, another person to follow is like Rebecca Radice, who does a great job. And you can watch her stuff throughout. She's always testing things, but she's always sticking with her design style. So there's always going to be some orange in there somewhere because she uses that all the time. And so, and a lot of times for a long time, she was using this like cartoon girl 
She's got a pin that we checked the other day. It was like so many millions of pins because, and it was one of hers that went vi viral. And so she's, she uses that girl, but she's changed it over time. And then sometimes you'll see that she doesn't, you know, use the girl and it doesn't do as well or the fonts change, but she always has orange in there and always is sticking on brand and you always know it's hers. Yeah, that's that's super smart. So kind of sticking with the theme of, you know, these visual mediums, Kara, we'll start with you. How do you compare or contrast Pinterest and Instagram? Do you think there are different audiences on each of those platforms? <laughs> Talk a little bit about how you would, you know, consult with a client on whether how and whether to use those two. I wish, I wish our audience could see her face. <laughs> I kind of have a Jim Carrey face. I'm very like <laughs> expressive. Yeah. So I'm not an Instagram expert. Jeff would be the expert on that. But I could tell you just from my experience, having done a lot of Instagram previously for clients is there's a huge difference between a platform you're utilizing for brand awareness and affinity and giving people the look and feel of who you are as a brand and undoing this to drive traffic. It's like apples and oranges, it, you know, way beyond just the, the simple, you use square images on Instagram, yeah. you know, and the vertical images on Pinterest. It is people's mindset are very different when they're on Instagram versus Pinterest. It might both be on the couch with one eye while they're watching <laughs> Netflix in the evening, right. right? But when it's Instagram, it's they're looking for eye candy. They're looking for visual, like this is inspiring, or this is my friend, or this is, you know, maybe they're doing a little hashtag research. When they're on Pinterest, it's I really need to build that fireplace this summer or the fire pit in the backyard. And so they might be watching Netflix and they're casually browsing, but they're also, I'm going to save this for later. I'm going to save this for later because I want to come back to it. So it is a very different mindset for clients. And I think that both can apply. They just have to be really clear that those are very different strategies. One of the things I did, a, a, a did some Pinterest strategy for a big client, like um, it was kind of like a Macy's. It was a big fashion thing, which is funny for me. So I did a lot of research and the funny thing that I found out is also, I'll, I I found the, these catalogs, like it was like women's sweaters. And I they were actually exactly the same on Instagram and Pinterest. But the thing that changed is on Pinterest, they cropped the face out. They just showed the, the because there has been studies done that people go to Pinterest and they want to see themselves in the outfit. They don't want to see a model on there like they would on Instagram. You know, Instagram is the, the selfie king, but Pinterest, you're going there to dream and be inspired and they don't want to see anybody else's faces on that. So we took those same, same pictures they were using in their like online catalog and we cropped the, the, their faces out and they did really, really well. So there's a big difference on people's like, uh, like Kara was saying, you know, perceptions between the two platforms, you know, one's the selfie, you know, queen bee, and then the other one's more like products. I want to be in there. I, I want to have this sweater for myself. I want to see myself in it. That's fascinating. Yeah, it sounds like Instagram is the social of the two, right? right? And to tie back to Megan's question, you know, Pinterest is not the, uh, the graphics, you know, sharing tool, but yeah, that's cool. It's interesting, funny little anecdote stories. So the band that I used to work for, I started their Instagram. And when I was talking to the leader of the band, he said, the only thing I know about Instagram is my daughter takes like 15 selfies a day and I'm not going to do that. So I had to explain the magic of user-generated content and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's a, it's a very different feel for sure. Can you share the band? It, sure. I don't know how many people will know, but Megadeth, the 90s. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I was in a Megadeth. Social well, I don't know. Sometimes people are 
were like, what planet are you from? I'm like, don't let the lipstick fool you. I'm a metalhead. Like, <laughs> That's amazing. I, well, when I read your bio, I was like, did she mean to write brand? And I was like, no, she missed Well, she is it a brand? Is it a band? It's actually the same thing. But yeah. yeah so right, totally. I, that was my first job in social media. I went from being a free volunteer on their Facebook page to being the social media manager in about a year and a half. And it was trial by fire. It was a lot of fun. Dave Mustaine is, it's fun to work with. He's always very like, what's next? What's new? What's whatever. Um, and I, yeah, I started their Instagram grew their Facebook page from like 6 million likes to 8 million likes in a year and a half. And the coolest thing was getting to be the bridge between the fans and the band. That was just, it was incredible. So it was kind of like, well, I guess this is my career now. I, I know. <laughs> so yeah, but Instagram was very new when they started it and it is very different than it used to be for sure. So uh, for me, you know, Pinterest is a platform that I keep saying as a marketer and as a person who's trying to teach other people how to market themselves on social platforms and, you know, for SEO purposes and all of that kind of stuff. But unfortunately, it's one of those things that because it's a little bit less social, I've been a little less dedicated to it. And I, you know, I hear from Elisa Meredith, who works at Tailwind. I hear from Jeff all the time. He's a colleague of mine how much this can propel your web traffic and how absolutely amazing it is. And yet still, I sit here and I'm like, I need to get to this. I need to get to this. But I'm still like, it's like kind of starting over on, you know, the first day I ever started on Twitter, I was like, what, what should my first tweet be? Like, what are the rules here? I need some etiquette. So, so my question, one of my first off questions is like, is there like a cadence that you need to have to pinning? Like, can you wait like okay so you should pin one like on instagram you should probably wait you know before before posting again on instagram is there like a certain cadence that you need to follow for etiquette purposes or to not be spammy or can you just like sit down and put things out there in a big chunk i think that would be a really important thing for people to understand i think people get scared because they hear like the experts say you know you need to start pinning at least 15 to 20 things a day right and the people go, well, I don't have that much content. Well, it's not all your stuff. So that's the thing you got to remember. It's not all yours. You don't have to, but think what would be relevant to your audience. And then when you start putting together, you know, if you have content and you have a blog, well, just make it part of your, like I make three different images when I make a blog post. I have my Instagram one. I have my one for my blog post. And then I have my Pinterest one. And then, then when you have time, you can go back like what Kara said and have like three different pieces of content that point back to that because it'll just give you more traffic back to your site. Once you start seeing the power of Pinterest, you'll be like going, why didn't I start this from the beginning? You know? <laughs> and so it's, and the thing is, it's not hard or I wouldn't do it. I mean, it's just not <laughs> that hard to do. And the cool thing now there's, it's kind of released this last couple of months and people are starting to get it. I have it and social media examiner has it. There are these new dynamic cover photos for your, for your profile page and they look really cool and they're dynamic. And right now Pinterest really isn't highlighting follower count. Like when you go to my profile, you don't see the, my, how many people follow me. You see how many monthly views I have, which is great for influencers, but it's also great for people who are just getting started because if you're doing a good job, people will be coming to your, your page and looking at your content and it doesn't have to be all yours. In fact, I have a higher monthly view count than a lot of my colleagues who have you know millions of followers. I have a higher monthly following just because I've been doing it and I'm consistent and people like my content. And so you're not limited to be like, oh, I got so many followers. You know, it's, it's people who want it and like your content. Uh, absolutely. I would agree. I think one of the words you hit on there, that is what I always come back to when I am 
talking to somebody about Pinterest, they're a first timer, right? They're a newbie. It's not about, okay, so-and-so says you have to pin 15 times a day. That most important thing for you is consistency. So don't put out 10 pins that are all your content and get burned out and whatever, and then drop it for two weeks. Pinterest, nobody likes that. No social media or digital marketing or search engine, anybody likes that, right? They want to know that you're present and consistent and providing good value. Not to keep plugging Tailwind, but again, I can do my job without them. That is how I stay consistent is they, I have a schedule and I batch my content once a month for a month. I'm in there probably every other day, just seeing what's going on and client work and whatever. But as far as my content, I go in once a month and I batch for 30 days. It's usually around 300 to 350 pins. And it's a combination of both mine and repins that I think are valuable for my audience. So once you get the cadence, if you start with two pins a day, whatever, as long as you're doing it and you get a feel for it and you get more comfortable with it and you can start building that up over time, I think consistency is the, the number one most important thing. Yeah, I, I started just pinning in the morning and then pinning in the evening and that was it. I mean, I never had a set number. I just would do it and see what was interesting. Well, then Tailwind and the thing with Tailwind, just keep your queue full, your full. You know, just keep it, you know, make sure you don't miss a day. And then, and now they have a thing called a smart loop. Isn't that smart loop? I think it's what it's called, but it lets you repin. It's, it's in beta right now. But so let's say I have a, a something that's evergreen. It's really great. Well, I could tell it to pin, you know, every Tuesday at four and it just keeps doing that, which is great if you have evergreen content. Now you don't, you want to be careful, not be spammy and all that kind of stuff, right. but it's just keep it full and just keep the hop. And I, and I don't just pin all my stuff in Tailwind. I mean, I schedule stuff from my colleagues. I mean, I don't just put only my stuff in that Tailwind queue. I, I put in like, if Jen, if you had your blog post in there, your podcast artwork, and I thought it was good fit for my audience, I'd put it in there. It's just, so I don't have to be on Pinterest every day. I know that it's automatically, and Tailwind has a smart scheduler that gives you suggested times, kind of like Buffer does. And so it's just really almost set it and forget it. You don't want to do that because you want to make sure you go back and check stuff, but it is super simple. And I think the other important element of that is just coming up with a simple system for how you do your content. When I go into batch, I know, okay, I'm going to go to my Tailwind Tribes first and fill up for my Tailwind Tribes first. Mm -hmm. Then I might hit some group boards. Then I go to whatever is seasonally appropriate, if that applies. And then I make sure my content is fed throughout that, that goes back to my site. So it's a, I don't have to think about it. I don't overthink it. I don't make it harder than it needs to be. I just have a very simple, I do this, I do this, I do this. It takes me an hour, I'm done. That's absolutely amazing. It sounds like it's very similar to pretty much any other social platform you're going to be on. Consistency is key. Watch what works, watch what doesn't work and, and just get out there and do it. And the, the more that you do it, the better you get at it basically. So that's what I'm taking from that. And I think that, that is really, really cool. It's also very encouraging as a, you know, not a first time user, but as a user that's supposed like really supposed to be diving in and teaching other people how to do this. It's, you know, it's encouraging. It's stuff that I already know, just applying it to an, another platform. And I think one of the biggest hangups people have is making that Pinterest image because it is a different, mm -hmm. it's a tall graphic and it's, it's hard to get your mind, you know, some people struggle just to get a blog image out and it is kind of a, a mindset. Oh, I need to have a square one for Instagram now. And now I have to have the tall one for Pinterest. But usually once you start setting it up and you can even pay a designer, to design these for you and Canva and have them do a template for you that you can swap stuff out with. 
I, I use a thing on my blog and I highly recommend it. It's called social warfare, which allows one of the things is to make sure that people are pinning when they click on that Pinterest share button, it gets the right image. They don't have to make any sort of choice. And that's why I like uh, social warfare because you click on it, it goes to the Pinterest image and it pins right to whatever board they want it to pin to the same way with anything else. Like if it's a Facebook image or a Twitter image, you could set that up with this. It's a WordPress plugin and it just works really well, but take the time to make that Pinterest image in your workflow, I think is one of the biggest keys that kind of people have a hurdle with. But once you get that done, then you can see the traffic. And you see, I mean, a lot of bloggers that I know, their number one source of traffic comes from Pinterest. And it's, ama- and it's amazing. Wow. So just quick logistics question. I know that l- long images work best, but it doesn't have to be a long image, right? They do work better. I mean, squares images kind of sometimes work okay. But if you have to, and if you're going to create one, you know, and Pinterest just came out with a new ratio. If you go to business.pinterest.com, they'll tell you what it is. I can't remember. I still use Canvas dimensions just because it's easy. I've been doing it for so long, but I'll probably switch to what Pinterest recommends because it gives me a little bit more room to work with. So oh, there's a moving said, target. <laughs> sorry. They said it's two to three ratio. Right. And um, they recommend 600 by 900. The Canva one is actually a two to three ratio. So you're still totally right. fine if you're doing Canva. But that is something that has been a contention for a while is like, well, what exactly is the perfect right. thing to do? Yeah, two to three ratio is what they say. Wow. So I'm taking from this that image size is actually very, very important then. Well, because if you like a lot of times we used to say that, you know, infographics do great on Pinterest and they still do. But if you have the super long ones, they truncate it. And so you don't see it all on the feed like you kind of used to. So they're saying this is the, the recommended size. And after so many sizes, it will be truncated to, you know, you know, click here for more, which doesn't perform as well. So uh, I would stick with their sizes and just start making templates. If you're graphically challenged, then hire a designer to, to create them for you. And then just, you know, have them do it at Canva because then you can just drop your fonts in and upload a new image for it. And, you know, because designers, they'll want to get paid every time, but you can talk them into doing a template for yeah. <laughs> that's awesome yeah I, I i love canva we use canva at depict media for all, all, most of the projects that we work on and for most of the clients that we work on too it's absolutely right. magical and very easy to use one thing that we kind of touched on a little bit ago but i kind of want to come back to is when it comes to okay because pinterest is considered a search engine basically not necessarily a social platform anymore. When it comes to the description of the pins and the boards, how important is it to really spend time on this? Is I'm guessing it's important, but when it comes back to being spammy, like what do you want to make sure that you do do? What do you want to make sure that you definitely do not do when it comes to these optimizations? I just want to point out Jen said doo-doo. I, but, I did uh, say doo-doo. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, <laughs> my Beavis and Butthead was... I know. Yeah, I totally knew you were going to say that, Jeff. I 12-year-old boy, too. I was like, someone's got to say it. Yeah. So my thing is, is they're, they're very important. But the, pro- the thing is, I would rather have you start pinning and creating boards and stuff than freaking out about your descriptions. Because you can go back and change those. You're not locked in. You can go in and edit those anytime. I would try to do the best you can when you start, but don't sit there and freak out. Oh my gosh, I've got to do all this SEO research. Da, da, da. Just don't name it, you know, you know, animals I love, or you I mean, just try to be a little bit more descriptive or wine I like, Jen, for you. Don't just put wine I like, because I know that okay. would be yours. Um, <laughs> but put like, you know, you know, wine to pick media enjoys or something like that. I mean, I would, cool. I would try to make it as, as, 
specific as you possibly can. I um, That's one of my favorite things about Pinterest is you can go in and change your descriptions and your titles and whatever. I would say if you're going to pick one thing to kind of be a little fastidious about is those when it pins from a website, making sure it's not like the random picture file name. Because once you go down that rabbit hole and you pin 50 pins, going back to change all of that, nobody wants to do that. So if you're going to pick one thing to, to really pay attention to from the beginning, it would be making sure that you don't have that randomness in there that's going to start circulating around and you can never put that genie back in the bottle. Yeah. Awesome. So strategy is still very, very important on Pinterest, apparently. Always oh, got to be on the on the brand strategy. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's really really fascinating. I, it's been a lot of fun to learn from you guys today about this. Indeed. So I want to. I'm going to save that for last. I've got like a you know an overarching question. But I want uh, Jeff tell us a little bit about your your podcast and and how it's since we're on a podcast how it's evolved over the years right probably like how yeah. Um, so I started doing, you know, back in the, what happened was, is I, I wrote a blog post called Manly Pinterest Tips Number One, and it was about me having a secret board with my daughter and how we share stuff. Well, it took off and then people said, hey, you need to, um, you know, have a show. And so I got four other guys back on Google Hangouts back in the day when Google Plus was big. And we did this show and we got to interview people like Guy Kawasaki, uh, one of the guys from who, he, that executive producer for Pretty Woman and Under Siege and all this stuff happened. And so I relaunched uh, Mainly Pinterest Tips as just me uh, interviewing people, podcast guests. And I said, okay, it takes about a year for um, a beard, a good beard to grow. So I'm going to try it for a year. If not, I'll, sh- I'll shave it off. So I launched Mainly Pinterest Tips. And so it's been, it's been, uh, almost four years now, I think. And it led to my, you know, being able to speak at Social Media Examiner, being on Mike Stelzer's podcast. And there's something about a podcast though. I mean, it's so, you're in somebody's head, you know, in their ear and there's something intimate about that. So I love podcasting. I think it's one of the most underutilized things that people don't do. And mine have always been live shows that I strip the audio, just like what we're doing here now and, and using it as a podcast. And so it's been, it works. I mean, not huge download numbers, but it got me my gigs. So I'm happy right. with it. And how frequently are you? Oh, I'm horrible right now. I've oh, got, okay. a, I've got, I've got <laughs> so many in the can. I need to finish editing and, and publish. I'm behind, but um, it really, but people still talk to me and I still get emails and I've never done sponsorship. It's always like what you've been doing with uh, just talking about my own product and and consulting and whatnot. And it's, it's what has helped me be where I am today, I guess. That's fabulous. Yeah. I mean, we're still pretty new, this being episode 15, but, but most people know. stop after seven. So you're already ahead of the game. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah. We're doing our, 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 our mid month show is live shorter show. We do live and then we strip the audio. So Kara, what about you? Have you, do you have any exciting projects? Are you like a regular guest on any podcasts or I'm not a regular guest. So I've, well, I've had a really, I've had a really weird adult career life. It's been very unique. So uh, before I was the social media manager for Megadeth, I was actually a special agent for the government in law And after 10 years, I decided I did not want to work for the government for 30 years and left and had no idea what I was going to do. And that's kind of how I stumbled into doing all this stuff for David Band because I was unemployed and was happy to volunteer cleaning up their Facebook page of all this spam and whatever. 
And when I first launched my business, uh, I had a few things going on, but I was doing all the things. It was like, I didn't want to turn away any client. So I was doing social media and blogging and email marketing. My very first client was a project that was backed by the drummer for Iron Maiden. And he asked if I build websites. And I said, yes, I do. I had no idea how to build a website. (laughs) (laughs) So that was how I started going, getting into Squarespace and website design and all that kind of stuff. So I did that for a few years and it really wasn't until last summer that I decided to niche down into Pinterest and Squarespace. And that was simply because I saw the return on investment for Pinterest, like no other digital marketing that I had, I was doing for clients from the traffic to the email list building to all of that kind of stuff. So niching into Pinterest has been recent for me. So I um, have had to refocus everything. So right now I'm in the middle of making sure that that is all working properly and making sure I'm getting more known for that than all of the other general stuff I used to do. So right on. So tell us about Squarespace. For those who don't know. It's a website design platform. I would say it's somewhere in between WordPress and the really super simple ones like Wix or Weebly or or whatever. They're beautiful. They're well-designed. And if you're a DIYer, you can very feasibly do this yourself and not be intimidated by the maintaining it. One of the best things about it is it's an all-in-one solution. So you're not having to worry about SSL certificates or hosting or all of the different plugins or all of that. It's very, and, it, and it always works. There's not all these different elements that are breaking or updating or whatever. So fortunately, over the years, I've taught myself enough coding and whatever to be able to customize them for clients so they don't just look like a template. But it's a really great grande size, middle of the road solution for a lot of small business owners. So yeah. Right on. Yeah, definitely check that out. Okay. So last question, regular question. And then I have my, I have my like ask every guest kind of a couple of questions that that we do at the end. It looks like we have time. So this is a totally general question. We've kind of covered it already, but what would you say to people who don't think their business belongs on Pinterest, Jeff? You know, I made that comment one time. I said, there's nothing, the the only thing I uh, wouldn't have on Pinterest would be like a, uh, where you go when you die. (laughs) Um, Cemetery? Not well, but who does the cemetery? I can't think of their names. The uh, morticians. Mortician, mort- that morticians couldn't have anything on Pinterest. And then I got all these things back into me on the podcast saying, <laughs> well, you could have grief counseling. You could have opt-ins for this stuff and all this stuff. So I don't anymore. I don't even say that anymore because I think any business could probably benefit from Pinterest traffic because you can figure out an opt-in for almost anything. And I've seen it on Pinterest. I, in my talk, and I think it was last year, uh, Megan, that you went to, I talked about neti pots all over Pinterest. How to use a neti pot? I'm like, how in the world is that on Pinterest? Right. It's like waterboarding. It's illegal waterboarding, and but <laughs> it's all over Pinterest on how how to make your own neti pot solution. Blah blah blah. That's and what it, Karen knows all about apparently. And, it, and it's, it's 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 totally out there. So I'm thinking there's nothing that can't be on Pinterest anymore. So I, that's what I say now. I I would say. In general, I mean, this is kind of cheesy, but I'm just, every business solves a problem, right? Every single business that's out there, whether it's info, whether it's content, whether it's a product, whatever it is, the goal is to solve a problem for somebody. And that's exactly what people on Pinterest are there to figure out. 
So, I mean, there's no simpler way to say it, in my opinion. And just right, you can create an opt-in for, that was when the Pinterest light bulb went off for me, when I had been blogging for about a year and I was in this like hustle, hustle content creation mode. And I realized at some point I should probably take a look at my analytics and see what was going on on my website. And I realized it was this blog from 2015 that I had put a pin up and I put 20 bucks behind it and it was getting so much traffic. And I realized, oh, this should be an opt-in. This should like, wait a minute here. Okay. And when I made that change, I mean, my email list tripled in like six months. It was amazing. So whatever you're doing, you can figure out how to walk back your popular content and and add another layer to it to build an audience. Right on. I, uh... I'm, I'm sold. I'm, I'm giving up on Facebook and I'm just going <laughs> to replace it with Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> Pinterest bots. Are there are bots being used in Pinterest yet? Not yet. No, okay. Yeah. You know it's coming eventually. Uh, right. it's like, I don't know. Well, they need, like, you need a messaging platform for, for the chat. Yeah, you, bot, can, right? you, can, so yeah, you can message in Pinterest and people but mostly it's spammy. I hardly yeah. ever look at it anymore. Yeah. Um, not a great function. Gotcha. Yeah. So okay. yeah. Now video is the thing that's coming that I think you can do promoted video pins. And there's also a workaround that you can actually have your pins in there and they really stand out in the feed uh, if you have some video content. And I love doing that on Pinterest because it's oh, okay. so different. Oh, nice. That's a great tip. So this is, in, I have one last super basic question. I got a new Shine computer, but I was still in my Chrome, you know, still cruising as I had been on my other computer. And then the client who whose account I was tied to apparently because of Chrome, because of their app is no longer in business. And and it took a while, but suddenly a flip switched and all my bookmarks were gone. Like everything was gone. So like, I don't, I no longer have my Pinterest pin button on extension. And like, so I thought when I went into Pinterest, it would pop up and say, do you want to, you know, have this? So how do I, that's a super basic question, but some people listening might not even yeah, know. Just, like, how do you just Google installing the the Pinterest uh, oh, okay. pin it button, and it should give you there. I think it's at business.pinterest.com. I think you can find it. There's there's okay. tons of places on Pinterest you can find it to add the pin it button. That would probably be the and I yeah I use the the Chrome plugin. I also the cool thing about Tailwind they have their own plugin. So okay. like on Pinterest, I just open up my feed. That's I've curated it well the well the way I like it so much that I just click that button and it starts populating in Tailwind and I can just start scheduling, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah, cool. But like if I'm in a website and I want to pin something else without going into Pinterest, that's why I yeah, like having. Yeah, that. just go to Google the the Chrome pin it button and you you should find the the correct one to get that. All right, yeah. cool. Okay, so. Uh, and I, I gave Kara, Kara got a heads up on this because she and I were emailing earlier today. I like to ask our guests if they, if you have any new tools or apps or gadgets or anything that you're geeking out on that you would like to recommend to our listeners. I'll let Kara go first since she, she got the heads up. Sure. So I'm pretty purposeful about trying to unplug wherever I can. So I don't have a lot of that stuff, but the one thing that I use more than anything else is there's an app and a website. It's called Brain FM, brain.fm. And it is white noise that works with your brain waves depending on what you want to do, whether it's focus, meditate, sleep, take a nap, um, relaxed, like reading, whatever it is. And I don't know how it That's works, cool. but it's magic. It's magic. <laughs> when I sit down and I'm like, I've got four client tailwind cues to fill up today. 
so, you know, whatever. I put on the focus loop and it's like, it's magic. I don't know how else to say it. It but sounds like it. Yeah, it's a, it works with your brain waves and what, what you want to be doing, what you want to accomplish. And I use it. I can't sleep without it. I hope it never goes away because I might die. <laughs> we don't want that. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, what about you? So I don't know if there's anything new. I have so many. There's so many things. But for task management to stay on like uh, Kara's kind of subject, I use Todoist, which is a great little task manager. And I like it the best because I've played with things for the Mac. I've played with a bunch of other ones. I like it because when I get emails, I can just click it and it adds it to my task. And then I can forget about it. And then I can go back and click on it again and it'll open up that email. So especially because I have so many different things like with Social Media Examiner that I have to do every day, I can set up a daily task checklist that I like. Okay. Like I, I, I honestly have, you know, check Pinterest is one of them. Check Instagram is another one. Check Instagram comments, check YouTube comments and for SME. And so I can just go through there and go, dude, done it. Done it. Cause I'll, I'll be like, did I do that today? And I can go look and see that I've done that. And the ability to do the email thing is a, another great way. And it also goes between all my devices. So I can be on my phone. I can be on my laptop or my iMac. Uh, another thing kind of in that same listing is toggle. I love toggle for client tracking. It's just so nice that in the same way, like half the time I'll have the timer going and I'll be like, I had to go to the store and like, crap, I left it running. And I could just open up my phone and shut it off because once again, it sinks across everything. Right. Very cool. I love that. Okay. So we actually have another second. So real quick, if you could have a superpower in your job, you could anything having to do with your job, what would your superpower be? I'll share mine, let you think about it and share mine, which everyone's heard. It's not changed. Mine is Wi-Fi everywhere, all the time, ubiquitous, like no issues. It's like the air we breathe. It's part of the earth. She's going to be called a hotspot girl. (laughs) I am. I'm cool with that. She'll just have Wi-Fi wherever she goes. (laughs) Put a chip behind my ear or whatever. I don't care. Just so long as Wi-Fi works all the time (laughs) with no issues. Jeff, what do you think? I think mine would be, and it's totally the opposite almost, would be like, I wish that I could turn it off and totally disengage. So like I started carving wood in the last two years. I start to make carvings and I do pins. Jen got a pin that I made at Social Media Examiner. So I do woodworking so I don't have to look at a screen. That's my thing. I wish I just, and I wish I could go to, you know, go in the house and not think about anything else. That's what I wish I could have a switch that I could just flip and be like, oh, I'll flip that on tomorrow morning at eight. But that would be my wished superpower, I guess. That's a great one. I don't know. We've not heard before. So that's a. That is, that is, I don't know if this would be a superpower, but I really need mind reading minions. Yes. That's what I need. I am a terrible delegator because I just, I like things done the way I like them done. And I know it's something that I need to change in my business and the way that I work. So it's definitely like, I would like to flip that switch somehow, like the ability to delegate and have it be clear for sure. Nice. Nice. All right. Okay, so we are now wrapping up. This has been such a wonderful hour. I, I, I'm going to re-listen to it a few times, I know, to get to, to pick back up on everything that um, all the little nuggets that you guys gave us. So, but we would like our, our listeners to know the best place to find you. So, Jeff, we're, we'll start with you. What's, what's the best way to get a hold of your I'm Jeff C, and that's spelled S as in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C, all across the interwebs. <laughs> And you can find me at manlypinterestips.com where we're always adding testosterone one pin at a time. Nice. Kara? 
I am at carachase.com and it's all C's and all A's. So C-A-R-A-C-H-A-C-E. And the benefit of having a unique name is that's all of my handles as well. So you can find me anywhere on the internet in their interwebs at uh, Carachase. That's, I, I just love the alliteration. It's fantastic. I used to think my name was unique, but it's totally not. There's like a million Megan Powers, but I did get... Megan Powers on Twitter. So I am. I got my name. It's the only, it's the only thing, of course, downside to that is now that I don't have my same name on everything. So what are you going to (laughs) do? All right. So thank you guys so much. This has been so valuable. Thanks also, obviously to my co-hosts, Jen and Elizabeth, you guys are the bomb diggity as usual. So this has been episode 15 of making a marketer and we will catch you next time. 